0: Welcome to Movie the Musical, a podcast about movies that have been turned into musicals. I am your host, Ben Kay. We are here to investigate, interrogate, and celebrate the art of adaptation from screen to stage. We are a podcast that loves questions, and today's question is... Can't we be 17? (laughs) Is that so hard to do? Do you really wanna be seventeen? I like, was about to say, I it's so funny because there are so many of these like high school movies where they're like, you know, high school is the best years of your life. I can tell you from personal <laughs> from personal experience, patently false.
1: Yeah. Just fuck, fuck no. No. <laughs> traumatizing.
0: Yeah.
2: What is if this? You could do it again with the knowledge you have now
1: perhaps May, yeah it'd be a like little 17, better
2: i wouldn't want to start earlier than that but starting at 17 having the knowledge i have now and all that time to like not
0: go to college and just get actual <laughs> skills for life would be great i definitely learn a lot more about uh how taxes work i would definitely I, yes. tr- get more I involved the drums are like the xylophone
1: <laughs> i would quit theater no oh boo <laughs>
2: Yeah,
1: that's
2: correct,
0: correct answer! (laughs) Maybe, probably, yes. Um, Why did I bring up that question? Which is maybe a lyric, who knows? (laughs) Uh, Well, it's it's simple, my friends. The answer is, today's episode is about, of course, the 1989 film Heathers, directed by Michael Lehman, and its subsequent musical theater adaptation, the off-Broadway musical... Heather's the Musical from 2014, with book, music, and lyrics by Kevin Murphy and Lawrence O'Keefe. As always, producer Brad Moorhead is here, who wishes they could have played the drums in high school. (laughs) Or after high school, I suppose.
2: Yeah, really actually like the xylophone marimba. Percussion generally. (laughs) A trap set, like, that's fun. You're gonna get, like, uh, some hotties, but... (laughs) The marimba, the people that are attracted to people
0: who play marimba, that's who you marry, right there. (laughs) I'm I I cannot disagree with you.
2: Four (laughs) mallets at once,
0: (laughs) and today's guest, of course. Uh, You know them, I hope. They are a wonderful dramaturg and casting director. They are the casting director at Jackalope Theatre Company and First Floor Theatre, among many other places. Uh, (laughs) Am I wrong?
1: (laughs) No, you're not. Catherine Miller.
0: Catherine Miller is here today.
1: Hello, hello, hello. (laughs)
0: Catherine Miller, um, it must... uh, So two threads that need to be tied up here. Yes. Number one, as I, I, I feel like I've teased this out, through multiple episodes, I think I feel like I keep I keep teasing out things about my wedding through multiple episodes. Yes, it is, you do. It, it has become something of a recurring theme, uh, if you will, one of many. Uh, but Catherine Miller not only is a wonderful friend and a wonderful artist, but they also uh, were the officiant at my wedding. They they married yes, I, I they married me, if I'm you will, married
1: you and danielle and and and
0: and past and future future guest danielle stack yes or exactly. or
1: married the lake as yes constantly that, <laughs> that you- was a
0: running that was a running gag that uh i in fact married uh lake michigan on um, that fateful <laughs> august uh morn we uh, were on the lakefront right <laughs> i was see, we, i did we yeah. did get married on the lakefront so mm-hmm. i did one could say i married the lake um, start the rumors now, folks. Um, but also the second thread, which we actually s- we we presented in our first ever episode. You are the reason that our first episode was Shrek. That's all on you.
1: I um I would like to formally apologize to every human <laughs> being. I mean, I did buy I bought onion earrings. I mean, you only Brandon. <laughs> <laughs> oh, those are awesome.
0: They're yeah. great. They're fantastic.
1: Um, you know, it's a it's a it should be in the Criterion Collection. I know Ben, you don't agree with that, oh my God. but uh... I, I don't know
0: if I don't agree with that. I'd just be curious, like what the supplements would be. I'm curious, like is it, would it get like a 4K restoration? I mean, that'd be fascinating. Ooh. I'd Love to see those disgusting humans in high def. Absolutely. Maybe they treat it
2: like a video game remake and redo all the graphics, but the engine underneath it is the same. You know, so it's like a new texture pack. Why not? Oh, wow. Why not?
0: <laughs> Why not? We're, this is a room full of possibilities today um i have no way to pivot to the to, to today's episode but we're gonna so i'm really excited about today's episode because this season this this wonderful 10 episode season this is our penultimate episode of the season oh, wow! Um, i know it's bananas um <laughs> but i feel like we've sort of been oscillating between shows that have sort of like brought calm to our soul in such a beautiful way and then episodes where we are where at least I am uh yelling at the top of my lungs <laughs> out of anger and frustration um which I'm sure viewers maybe will disagree with some of uh the opinions but that's all they are opinions um but I'm so thrilled because I really like both of the topics of our episode today I really really do and I'm cur- I'm curious to hear uh, other Folks' uh thoughts um i could see i could see arguments against not against but like critical criticisms of either work and i'm excited to dig into uh both of them i think i mean it's i feel like heather's God, i don't know it's so terrible this is a terrible thing to say but it's true i feel like 9-11 has come up a lot on this podcast
1: <laughs> I mean,
2: you know. as in american life
0: Yes, it's just... It's always it,
2: relevant, baby. No, like, and I say this as, uh... Changed
0: everything. Listen, we talk about, like, Shrek being, like, a pre-9-11 film. Mm-hmm. We talk about Christine Ebersole and her on-the-record truth. We, we, th- yeah, look, look, for, look forward to that. We're... Uh, so transparency, serious. transparency, this is coming. We're recording this before the Grey Gardens episode is out, but I'm pretty sure we talk about um I, I think that made the cut. It gonna... definitely
2: <laughs> made the cut. That's like, that's kinda, I'll cut the name of who wrote the book for the musical before I cut outing a Broadway star as a 9 11 truther. But either way, yeah.
1: People need to know. People, it's an important, important thing about Christine Ebersole. You can love because her. Because it's funny. But. <laughs> yeah.
0: Uh, Okay, but either way, if we're talking about, and even, like, 9-11, sort of, like, anyone a few years, like, this film, Heather's, Heather's the movie, Mm -hmm. is, like, the pre-Columbine shooting movie. Oh, Totally. Yeah. And even, like, the pre-9-11 film, like, I think, because I feel like Hairspray is kind of, like, the perfect post-9-11 musical Mm -hmm. in that it is so joyful and earnest- even in its adaptation of what is inherently a, a piece of and saying all kept. the
2: right things yeah. while being completely oh, yeah. devoid of any morality <laughs> at all
0: but yes exactly so it is like so earnest and safe in its choices uh and the heathers i feel like so the film so beautifully beautiful yeah beautifully encompasses so much that just could not that like you could not make light of
1: no in a, a post
0: Columbine post 9-11 world
1: it's so funny too because I mean I had I watched it a few months ago and I I was I still am always blown away when I return to it and go god it's so dark
0: it's very dark
1: like I like I don't know why everyone's like <laughs> oh this is I mean we'll talk a, probably about this but how it's like the inspiration for Mean Girls and all mm-hmm. these kind of like films that have come after it but um like, I'm like this is the inspiration for Mean Girls. Like, oh, like it, it's it's yeah. one to one. Like, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and I, I mean, I would say both
0: in film form and musical form, Heather's does <laughs> it better. But
2: it's, uh, it's, yeah. it's, it's uh, not, not a
0: controversial opinion. Nope, um, nope. So, Heather's, uh, Heather's is a film. Uh, written by Daniel Waters, who is, uh, I think, when we talked about this, the brother of Mark Waters, the director of Mean Girls, the movie. Uh, Whoa, I did I, not know that at all. That's just, crazy. Just, uh, there's a strange connected universe. Um, that just does, just does, does. It's strange. It's strange to me. Um, but yeah, Daniel Waters. Um, I believe this was his first screenplay, Ooh. and I believe this was also Mike, the director Michael Lehman's first movie. <laughs> and i mean if you talk about like a confident debut yeah, i mean serious. um daniel waters just to briefly list off he would go off to uh write such uh, cinematic classics as uh hudson hawk also directed by michael Lehman, uh starring bruce willis um he would also uh he wrote the screenplay for batman returns another oh, late wow. 80s uh <laughs> late 80s early 90s camp classic um and again, got like bringing that satirical uh, terrifying nightmare tone to the Batman world. Um, and then he reunited, uh, Daniel Waters reunited with his brother, Mark Waters for, of course, everyone's favorite film, Vampire Academy. Obviously. (laughs) What? What? You know,
1: what if, you know, vampires need an academy too.
0: Uh,
1: (laughs) I guess that's what happens when you like write your best thing straight out the gate, and oh, then yeah. it's like, where do you go from here? You kind
2: of either have you seen at Vampire Academy? I uh, haven't either. I'm just no, careful. no. Well, I'm, I'm, I just, let's not talk out of turn. That's bad. full that's confidence fair. That the person who wrote this this movie with lines such as
0: "fuck me gently with the chainsaw." Oh, I mean,
2: Vampire Academy, pretty good.
0: Uh, who knows? Uh, listen, <laughs> vampire. I, I, uh, maybe we'll go back to school uh, with a little bit of bite. Um, I don't know if that is the catchphrase. I'm just gonna guess it is. <laughs> um, but what I love about uh, so Daniel Waters uh, wrote this specs. Spec script for Heathers. Um, he wanted... Uh, do, do, I don't know if anyone looked this up. Who did Daniel Waters originally want to direct this movie?
1: Stanley Kubrick.
0: Stanley Ku- Stanley uh, motherfucking uh, Kubrick. Oh, man. Reach for the stars, buddy. I know. He <laughs> That's was in, awesome. He was like... He saw Dr. Do- Strangelove and was just like, I love how this guy handles comedy. I think he would work great. Honest, and honestly, the, 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 the Kubrick-Heathers cut, um, uh, if we're talking about... This is, of course, coming out uh, the weekend of the Snyder cuts. Um, <laughs> then that's the cut I'm looking for—the Kubrick cut of *Heathers*. Make that I, happen through I, some alchemy.
1: I would, I would love to see what that world would look. I mean, I think it's still a pretty incredible world that they created. But I would, oh yeah, I would love to see what he would have done with this script. Well, I think, I'm,
0: I'll say, Michael Lehman. Uh, I think still like creates this. Be- I mean, I would say it is almost like Kubrick lights, you know. And obviously, like that's just like embedded in the scripts. There's just this this mania to the thing. Mm-hmm. That's just like I love the the nightmare the nightmare funeral that comes yes, up later yes. in the film just to just to hop around. But yeah, there's just like the w- and even just like the opening shot, the opening sequence with them playing croquet. And with Serra. yeah, Serra playing, and then Veronica's head. In the astroturf that they're hitting balls at. It's just like that totally sets you up right away for like what this movie is, the the dynamics that will be at play, and sort of the irreality of it all. That like, hey, sometimes you're gonna see things that are stylistic and don't exist within the reality of this universe. And you gotta deal with it, and that's gonna sort of like and I feel like it gives them agency to make kind of some of the wild leaps that they do (laughs) Mm -hmm. in the sort of story choice and performance choice.
1: I think it, and this is jumping ahead a little bit too, but I think it also helps with the writing of a musical. Yes. Like, I think it allows them to do a lot more than what a lot of film to musical adaptations have done. It gives them a lot, like, allowance to create and be weird and do some really fun shit. Yeah,
0: I mean, because the film is already... Uh like above reality, right? Yeah. It's already sort of like playing with some like surreal stylistic elements. So obviously when you make the jump to musical theater, you can play with that even more because that's in even more stylistically uh non-realistic realm. But what is Heathers? <laughs> Why haven't you seen Heathers? Why do we have to give you a plot synopsis? No, we'll give you a plot synopsis of Heathers, that's fine. Um I, I also actually do want to quickly talk about just sort of like the some other elements. So in the original version of the script, uh, J.D., uh, the character played by uh, Christian Slater, um, cutie, young little cutie in this film. I him a Jack Nicholson
2: impression. I know. He's doing
0: oh, yeah. there's like ton of like he what he watched The Little Shop of Horrors and watched yeah. young and watched yeah. uh, to. to spoil an upcoming episode uh, saw that young jack nicholson performance as the dentist patient and said i'm gonna do that for a whole movie just like that guy <laughs> it's great but yes in the original version of the script jd successfully blows up westerberg high and the final scene features a surreal prom gathering of all of the students in heaven <laughs> executives at new world pictures agreed to finance the film but they disliked the dark ending and insisted that it be changed and you know what i think it's fine i think either ending would have (laughs) worked, but (laughs) i think it's okay that he didn't actually blow up the school
1: yeah i i also want i'm like how many people in that in that high school would have actually gone to heaven. Like,
0: let's think about that. <laughs> I mean, right? That's that's kind of like the whole. And, and actually, that's that's something I want to dig into. Uh, is sort of like what is what are both the movie and the musical like saying mm-hmm. on a larger on different a larger things. scale? I one could argue different things. I would say definitely the movie is a lot more cynical
1: mm-hmm. than
0: the musical.
2: Kinda, uh, I don't know. I mean, I kind of want to talk. I don't know if we should talk about the differences and then discuss that later. But
0: we can let's we we'll, we we'll, we can get into it when we do when we're in musical talk, yeah. Land, cool. um, <laughs> uh, but yes, and and then also, uh, so this film did debut, uh, at Sundance, in January of '89.
1: Um, I did not know that. <laughs> good on it, honestly. Yeah, I mean, it's a
0: it's a proper indie film. It debuted That's at true. Sundance. Okay, and it won the it won the Independent Spirit Award for Best First Feature.
1: Nice, um,
0: but yeah, of course, our two stars of this film are Christian Slater, the aforementioned Christian Slater, and Winona Ryder in uh, the, the the what is this? I uh, I wrote my notes. The best performance of her career. I mean, really. <laughs> I mean,
1: I agree. Really, I mean, this is the
0: this is the year after Beetlejuice. Yeah, which is also. A maniacal, in my opinion. I'm just like... And also, uh, she reunites with Glenn Shattuck's from Beetlejuice yeah. as well. <laughs> this is my first <laughs> note I
2: wrote down. As soon as I saw his name in the credits, I was like, oh, thank God. Yeah.
1: I just wrote Glenn Shattuck's, okay. a.k.a. Icon. And yeah. I'm just like, thank and you. His, and his thank
0: priest you. is great. It's a very fun... Yeah. Like, um Jesus. These kids need Jesus. <laughs> uh, like, if you're gonna... Again, like, it's... Just bringing that energy is really uh, wonderful. But yes, Winona Ryder uh, plays our protagonist, Veronica Sawyer. Um, she is brilliant in this film. Mm-hmm. she's like if again, if we're talking iconic um, just she takes this thing to a, another level. Um, so she is so she is this uh, unpopular girl who has recently joined the trio of popular girls known as uh, the Heathers. you got Heather Chandler. Who wears red? Heather Duke. Who wears green? And Heather McNamara. Who wears yellow? I love. The, I just. I just love the the costume design. I love the production design. I mean, yeah. It's just they all. They all
1: match their croquet balls.
0: They yeah. do. They all match. Awesome. Heather, Heather I'm red. <laughs>
1: Yes. Well, oh, and I and I love that in the first scene, obviously, uh, v- Yonah is wearing like a black and white suit, but she's got blue tights, and so mm. it hints yes. to later. And I'm like, they're so smart about the, the entire design of this. Mm. Mm. Oh.
0: Yeah. I, oh, that's so, it. Yeah, so she, yeah, and she, her like her color is blue. Um, and I love when, like, in that opening sequence, they like purposefully like step on the flowers as they're crossing, uh, to play croquet. Um, also. Let's bring croquet back. What, what what happened to croquet? As just I like bocce ball. <laughs>
1: sure. I, my cousin had a croquet set when I was a kid. And we'd always play it in her backyard, and I I miss it. It's it's fun. Croquet
0: always makes me think of Alice in Wonderland, like yes. the flamingos. Yes. Um. Do with that what you will. Uh. <laughs> but yes, I I croquet is great. Uh. Post pandemic. Let's bring it back. Uh, the Heathers, I'll just uh, say Heather Chandler, who is sort of like the the Queen, the Regina George, if you will. Oh, no. Well, one would rather say Regina George is the Heather Chandler, yes, uh, if we there really we want go. to say that. There you go. Um, but she's played uh, by Kim Walker. Uh, Heather McNamara is played by uh, Lisanne Falk. And Heather Duke uh, is played by, of course, Shannon Doherty. <laughs> who thought she was filming a drama? <laughs> she, I, she didn't know until they screened
1: it that it was supposed to be funny. And didn't she like run out of the room crying? Yes. Yeah. Oh no. <laughs> she was not, thought, this is gonna be the the dramatic break of my entire career.
2: She <laughs> so, is good at it though. Like, oh her, yeah. Her
1: playing it straight is good. Yeah. <laughs> yes. They, no. They have mentioned that. Like I remember I was reading the the whole like overview of the history of Heather's and everyone was like commenting on how seriously she took it. And now everyone was like weirded out by it. But it also just made it a whole ton better.
0: Oh, absolutely No, I mean, like, we like and we'll talk about this when we get to the musical as well i mean like that's sort of like the secret right if you're like constantly winking at the audience that you know if you that you know that you're in a silly piece of entertainment then Mm -hmm. like we're not gonna believe you and it's not gonna be funny and it's not gonna be we're not gonna like care the fact that they take this all of this so seriously i mean that's that's why it became such a classic that's why Mm -hmm. people that's why we love it so much um (laughs) what is okay and so then we get when we come back to reality we have this sort of like dear diary device that uh when that uh, veronica will use throughout the film to sort of get her internal thoughts across to us as an audience um which and i love that she has a monocle i mean that's just great why not why not have a monocle while you're writing in your diary that's lovely
1: I mean, she she's also rich in this in this in the film. Like she has money, so you know what? What people have? Monocles, <laughs> just because. I was
0: yeah. That, that's there is no real like discussion of class in this film, right? No. Um, it's everyone seems nice and white and well off. Good for them. Uh, so then we 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 uh, jump back to reality. Uh, we're in uh, lunch. Where they have this like lunchtime poll that and I don't I don't understand the lunchtime poll. Like as a thing that gives them a high status. They go around like asking these hypothetical questions of their peers.
1: It's very strange. It it's a really weird device to like introduce everyone in the lunchroom, but I also I like this the pace of it when they like get to the nerd table and she's like don't talk to them yeah and they just stand there it's like but it's also like i don't know i got the sense that they just assert power especially heather chandler she's just like knows everyone's scared shitless of her yeah um and the question was (laughs) yeah of
0: course if you were given uh well like two million dollars and then you found out the world was ending what would you do it's uh, you know that's wow what a fool I am that should have been my question that should have been been my question to open the episode literally what is wrong with me oh my god so now we have to ask it friends in the zoom room if you were given was it yeah two million dollars and then you found out the world was ending today what would you do
1: I I would I would get a fancy hotel room for like every person who is homeless on the street and like, let them like live out their best side of their life with like, like room service and alcohol and whatever they want it. Just like have one great last night and um, maybe alcohol for myself too.
0: Great. Brian, (laughs) do you have an answer? Yeah. I was going to say
2: like drugs and a PS (laughs) five. I don't know. Great. Something
1: like similar. I'd, I'd,
2: yeah, I'd bring along as many friends as two million can handle. Bunch right. of food, just hedonism.
0: What's the point? Great. Uh, my answer is, of course, a dinosaur. Uh, <laughs> a dinosaur. I, I'd find. A, I'd find a way. Uh, life finds a way. Uh, but oh, yes, no. they've got the. They've got the poll. Um, yeah. Actually, yeah. Like you said, it's a really great way of introducing us to the different cliques. In mm-hmm. the school. Um, And then, yeah, you have JD, played by Christian Slater, sort of peeking off in the corner, uh, gazing <laughs> and just being like, what the fuck are you... And, like, I mean, JD, he's an, he's an incisive motherfucker. Like, he can see through Veronica. He can see. He's just like, what the fuck are you doing? Like, you're yeah. better than this.
1: It's those eyebrows. He's got... They're like... I just couldn't stop staring at them.
2: Yeah. Um, They're pretty it, intense. He, yeah, uh, with, the neck,
1: with the hair, like the floppy, just yeah. the whole look is just very iconic.
0: It is. Um, He's wearing that long black trench coat. Speaking <laughs> of yeah. I know. Of <laughs> My gosh. Very... Yeah, it's true. It's true. Yeah. It's strange. Oh, very prescient <laughs> in a very uh, terrifying way. Um, then we meet uh, Martha Dunstock, um, who's just a, a, a very, uh, very sad student uh, that they pick on. Uh, and oh yeah, and then we sort of we establish that uh, Veronica has ex like is able to forge like anyone's handwriting, um, mm-hmm. very skilled at it, um, and so she uses that for uh, nefarious. They the Heather's use that for nefarious purposes, um, where they like. Were
2: either of you like a, a, a handwriting person in high school? I feel like everybody, you know, there's always somebody who's like constantly just adding as many loops to their name as possible. <laughs> Not me. Or like bubble oh. script.
1: I think there was a girl in my class who definitely forged a few like hall passes for like Oh nice. Yeah. But I was never I wanted really pretty handwriting, but I just <laughs> I look at it now. It takes I'm effort. Like, it does. I know. Yeah,
0: you gotta you gotta put like anything, you gotta put time and effort into it. Um we could all be better, um, but yeah. I feel, also, there is are just like uh, like littered throughout this screenplay are just like bon mots, just like gems of lines, oh, just yeah. like "fuck me gently with a chainsaw." Uh, just the use of the word "very," like just oh, how very. Uh, <laughs> that's very yeah. yeah
1: that's
0: very good. <laughs> it's I mean it's very if you will. Oh, um, it's very. I also I just want to point out David Newman's score. Which has like it sometimes sounds like a John Carpenter like horror score. Honestly, or a Western. There's like harmonica, like <laughs> yeah,
2: like out on the prairie after school. It's something. a really that eclectic
0: uh, mm-hmm. film score, and I, I mean, I think it serves the serves the material well. Because oh, yeah. how many sort of stylistic. Uh, leaps it takes because yeah like sometimes it does feel like a john hughes movie and sometimes it does feel like a a horror film and sometimes it does feel like a tim like a tim burton film even before we (laughs) even knew who tim burton was really um it's it it serves the film well um but yes then we also uh meet uh ram sweeney and kurt uh the, the these fucking jocks the football players they're Uh,
1: literally the epitome of like every meathead jock you see in a film but they just mm -hmm. take it to a whole other level which i appreciate (sighs) it's there's it's it's, yeah it's deeply homophobic like oh yeah oh yeah like it like just the it's the constant like barrage of like like just these jokes and it's, I mean they're the reason why. A lot of people are like, Are you actually gay? Because you constantly make these jokes.
0: Yeah, right. Yeah, they get they sort of yeah, there's sort all of the the comeuppance in air quotes that they get. Yeah. Yeah. It's that
2: that culture is incredibly familiar to me. I played football in a small town like as a kid and mm. uh I mean all the way through high school. And that culture is pervasive. And more than that, even, my, um, one of my best friends growing up was the quarterback named, quarterback named Kurt. Not even kidding. Oh, no. (laughs) Not near as monstrous, um, uh, I mean, you know, high school's a complicated time. But, like, come on, these guys
0: are caricatures. Rand, I don't know what you're talking about. High school is the best time of your life. (laughs) You're right. As we previously established. Go Big Blue. (laughs) (laughs) Um... So they're going to this uh what is it? Remington Remington University. They're going to a party at college. Yeah. Um good for them. Great. Oh, yeah, and they live in Sherwood, Ohio, of course. Um I do I love it's the the parent characters in this film are so fascinating <laughs> as well. If you like really look at like Veronica's parents uh What's that like he's like reading the spy novel he's like oh why do I read these uh things because
1: you're an idiot dad. oh
0: right thank you
1: like like who says that to their parents they like,
0: and they're like how JD's dad like they like J- the dad calls him dad and then JD calls him like old sport tiger uh
2: that character is a Crazy,
0: yeah. I His mean, dad is nuts. I, I love mean, it. I mean, he looks like the epitome of Reagan era America, mm-hmm. yes. like, if we it's like, tracks, absolutely,
1: like, silver hair. Yeah, looks in the
2: demolition. Yeah, like closer to like a shark than they are a human <laughs> beings, so like, too big and too white. and You know, he's got like three more rows behind him
0: somehow. Just uh, grow back. So, <laughs> but then, uh, so then they go to this party. Um, they stop uh, to get uh, corn nuts. BQ. Uh, BQ, not B B Q. No BQ. BQ. <laughs> That's it. It's all you need. Uh, she runs in. Uh, Veronica runs into JD. The 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 allure of mystery is <laughs> thrown once again on her. Um, but then they yeah, they go to this party. Veronica fucking hates it. Um, She's like about to give this like speech to this guy who's like trying to like uh, hit on her. Uh, The guy has the fucking line save the speeches for Malcolm X. And I'm like, fuck you, my guy. (laughs) (laughs) Jesus
2: Christ. What does that even mean? Are you giving a speech to Malcolm X?
1: No,
0: very
2: confusing.
1: College it's a- boys, am I right? I know. Oh,
0: I, I do like the. Oh wow, it's such a relief to not oh, have to ask great. what your major is. So, what do you think you're gonna study when you come? Like, it's oh, just a lot so vapid. of vapid. Oh, I know. It's just uh, the. If there is one message of this film, and there are many. Um, guys are dumb. (laughs) Mm
1: -hmm. That is
0: a good message of this movie. Mm -hmm. Um, but then, yeah, uh, Heather Chandler is pissed at Veronica for ruining the party for her. Um, Veronica's fucking pissed. But then who comes in through the window? It's none other than JD. And baby, there's flames. There's sparks.
1: Their chemistry is... Is uh, (laughs) off the charts! The chemistry was hot. It was yes prof-
0: between yes between hot. Veronica and JD, just like oof, just yep. radiating off the screen. Uh, they play strip croquet uh, again. Bring that back post pandemic. Yep. Strip yep, yep, croquet, yep. but then yeah, croquet. I'm here for. But yeah, the
2: regular croquet. It's just like short range golf,
0: but with hammers. Yeah, I feel like hammers. That's true. you can. You're like a Mario character. You get to like hit shit with a hammer. Um whatever uh, but then yeah uh Veronica's like oh I just want to see Heather Chandler puke that's all I want and so JD's like all right we'll we'll make that happen um <laughs> if by puke you mean die uh so then there's this like weird mix up with like he like wants to put like was that like, bleach like I think cleaner. Cleaner, yeah um she's like no let's just like do this like phlegm like thing that'll make her like throw up
1: Um, Milk and orange
0: juice. Milk and orange juice. Fucking gross. No, thank you. (laughs) No, the two of them are (laughs) awful. Not gonna try that. (laughs) Um, But nope. JD... uh, Right, like, Veronica, like, takes the wrong cup and then JD, like, doesn't correct her. No. And so, she drinks the cup. She she says, Corn nuts! And then falls into her glass table. uh, Dead. Um, Of course... Uh, of course, the right the right thing to do, which they do, is uh, Veronica writes a fake suicide, mm-hmm. um, which is which gets this sort of whole. It's uh, what well, this is also like a, a predecessor to like fucking Dear Evan Hansen or something. I don't oh, know with the with the your... <laughs>
1: old. Ben, don't break that here. I don't
0: know. I'm that that sorry. Here.
1: I will. Let's... Yeah. go on a rant and I'll rip it to shreds that's
0: fair that's well we're never gonna cover that show and we, we shouldn't give it any lip service uh <laughs> please I know. don't even
1: know anything
2: about it to be offended
0: so that's hey, my that's the beauty of being dumb Bran <laughs> no well first of all you're not dumb but Bran let's keep it that way yes. uh, <laughs> But yeah, so they they write this fake uh, suicide note about how Veronica was a mi- uh, rather that Heather Chandler was a misunderstood uh person uh, with a myriad uh, they use the word myriad and they're like, "Oh, she would never use the word myriad." No, no, it's like it's the it's the key to like her tragic like downfall that she got this word wrong on a test a few weeks ago. <laughs> um that uh, yeah, they'll they'll never know uh, the real me. Um, everyone falls for it they believe that she wrote this uh the suicide notes there's the english teacher is impressed with the use of the word myriad which is a nice thing um the god the teacher miss F- what's her name pauline yeah uh yeah pauline fleming yes. uh the, the very funny penelope milford um very very good very very funny um she's like we gotta like we gotta come together as a school we gotta heal um and then i i like the the i think it's the principal's line of like yeah miss fleming let me know when the shuttles landed Mm -hmm. (laughs) nice nice funny line but i mean it's so and and this is sort of where it's getting to sort of like for me the cynicism of the film Mm -hmm. uh Because I feel like, obviously, like, there is this sort of, like, oh, it's only when there are these, like, manufactured uh, tragedies, and in the film's case, manufactured tragedies, do people actually start giving a shit about things? And I think there's this sort of, like, cynicism that, like, oh, these people, like, actually don't... They don't actually care about teen suicide. They only care about it because it's, like, happening at this, like, alarming rate. And I think, you know, there's... I think there's something there, and I think there's something uh, potent about that, and especially like the like the the performative nature of of the performance of giving a shit, you know?
1: Yeah. Well, because especially when they're at the funeral and they all are like playing what's in the brains of these teenagers as they're standing there, like none of them are thinking about the dead person in front of them. No. Except for one
0: person who's like, man, she was so hot. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right, of course, yeah. The one person who is thinking about her... Just thinking about uh, her looks. Yeah. But yeah. yeah. Uh, it's... But yeah, I I think it's just like so... And then like, yeah, the same thing about like... Uh, the dad doesn't care about his... The, the, like, the dad wouldn't care about his son if he was gay and alive. He only cares about if he's gay now that he's dead. <laughs> like, it's just like this fucking... Yeah, I don't, I don't know, there's there's something really funny and interesting about sort of what, what it's trying to say. I mean, because I know, I think Daniel Warden said he wrote this as sort of a, a response to, like, the John Hughes films of the time, you know, sort of like the earnest teenage high school films and being like, well, actually, high school kind of sucks and people kind of suck. <laughs> and this is my movie about how... Uh, People just aren't that great at their core.
1: I just, I want to know if he had a very similar high school history to, like, to me, because I'm like, I would write this film. Sure. If I I were writing a film about high school. So, I'm like, is this semi-autobiographical, Daniel? Like, what's going on,
2: bud? I think that's cynical. I think that that idea of cynicism is accurate. But I would say the big, and that, like, everybody is bad, you know? Even Veronica at the beginning of the movie is not like which is different, I would say, than the musical when we get there, um, is bad as it starts. However, at the end of the movie, and this is where, this is like the big thing that's important than the other one, is it's clear that people are capable of change.
1: Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like, she's
2: capable of change and, like, at the end, goes, reaches out to Martha, you know, and is the only person who has, where musical just, it's very different, and it's all about, like, if you make one mistake, then your whole downfall is all of this, instead of, You're inherently bad, but you could get better.
1: Well, and even the nerds, like there's the one part where I mean we're jumping towards the end, but where he like, like Veronica asks one of the nerds a question, and he immediately like starts to like hit on her, like, hey, yeah, Yeah. and I'm just like, (laughs) okay, so you're skeevy too, so like. Mm We're all, we're all trash humans, basically. Is what this, Especially when is. you're 17 years old.
0: Yeah. I don't know what you're talking about. High school is the best time of your life. Just whatever. <laughs> um, and that is, so this entry is interesting just to set this up. So yeah, so Martha Martha Dunstock, who they are uh, terribly uh, nicknamed Martha Dump Truck, uh, very rude, fatphobic, not a fan, uh, don't do it. Mm-hmm. Um, but they also set up this character of Betty Finn, uh, who is sort of like, who used to be Veronica's friend. But now that she's with the Heathers, she doesn't really hang out with anymore. And it's sort of like... She only shows up a few times, but they sort of, like, use her as, like, this, like... Who Veronica used to be and sort of, like, what she left behind in her her pursuit of popularity. Um, Mm. And it is sad. You know, it is... And, like, it is sad to see sort of, like, the people that she left behind. Um, Yeah, it's... And then, obviously, like, and in her uh, continued relationship with JD... um, and I mean JD, and again, this is like late '80s, but he's like such a, such a, such a Gen Xer, right? It's all Ooh. that sort of like that '90s, like apathetic, like every, like again that cynicism, right? It's that like every, nothing matters, everyone at like he i mean he reads baudelaire in the in the musical um I, d- I don't believe he reads they mention baudelaire in the film but yeah it's like it's literally this theme of just like everyone is rotten at their core everyone is born with sin and uh evil um and that's just like i mean that is jd he's just like everyone is terrible and it's like the platitudes that they're giving these uh dead students like means nothing um and it's like it's all a it's all a joke to him because he feels that like everyone's joking
1: I do want to give him some humanity, though, because oh, they sure. do—they do mention the way his mother dies, how yeah. she kills herself, because his dad is a is like bombs building for a living. <laughs> yeah, he's
0: in demolition. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah he's in demolition. Like <laughs> you do. <laughs> Yeah, so of course he's like a very destructive human being because that's what his father does. Literally, yeah. <laughs> but then his mother, I mean, obviously we don't know about much about the relationship that she had with his father, but she walks into a building he's about to demol- demolish yeah. and just stares at him while yeah. the building goes down. And I'm like, fuck. Oh no, he's absolutely like
0: a, a, a character with like really valid trauma. Um, yeah. like no, no question. It's, but it's just, it's how I mean, he, it's how he lets that trauma affect him and the choices oh, that yeah. he makes, uh, in response to oh, it. Yeah.
1: It's, 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 uh, unfortunately, a lot of what we see today of, of white male trauma, people who, white men yeah. who have been burned, who have who are in cells who maybe are on the brink of society and are like, well, I'm gonna take my anger out on something else. Yeah,
0: and, and they don't. They, yeah, and, you know, there's people who. Don't know of the options that they have. They, they, and you know, it's like it's a whole like fucking masculinity problem. Like it's a uh, like you are you are taught not to be emotional. You are not taught to reach out to others in times of despair, stuff like that.
1: One well, Veronica, he says, is like the first person since his mother, yeah, who's, like actually reached out to him, and it's like, well, damn, yeah, like man, I don't feel bad for anything he does because obviously it's pretty fucked up what he yeah. does, but it is, it's just. But it's
0: understandable. Yeah. I mean, like, right, like, the best the best villain characters are both the ones whose motive you understand and mm-hmm. then also the ones who think that they are doing the right thing. Mm-hmm. Like, Jade, I, I, I'm sure, like, in his mind, J.D. doesn't think he is the <laughs> villain of the feature film Heathers. No. Yeah. He th- if anything,
1: he thinks he's, like,
0: the, the savior. Yeah. yeah he
1: thinks he's saving this high school
0: uh, jumping to the end where he uh tries to bomb the school he thinks he's saving these high schoolers from a life of cynicism and like cruelty against society he thinks he's doing something gracious for the world and for them (laughs) he's not just to be clear uh But that's that's where his head's at. Um, I do want to. So yeah, going through the, the plot again. Mm-hmm. I do love the song that keeps popping up by the band Big. Oh my god! Uh, the band's called Big Fun, and they have the song "Teenage Suicide." Parentheses. Don't do it.
1: <laughs> <laughs> do we ever hear the full song? Again? We hear like
0: snippets of it. Um, I oh god, I'd love to see if it if it exists somewhere in its entirety. Well, and. Then, um,
1: and- Martha at one point is wearing a big fun T-shirt. Yes. Mm-hmm. like a lot. Like the big fun T-shirt is like everywhere. It's like yeah.
0: wham. And that, and then, or, and they they make a song. Yeah, it's kind of like wham. Uh, uh. They, they or turn like that the into relaxed, a song. It's yeah. the
1: relaxed shirts. Oh yeah, sure. nice
0: big fun, <laughs> big fun. Uh, so I'm am just searching on iTunes to see if there's uh someone. I don't think there's like an official song. Maybe someone. Yeah, I think. Uh, uh, I will plug this band called Club Feet, um, who has a song called Teenage Suicide, Don't Do It. Um, So, good on you, Club Feet. You took that joke and you made a song out of it. Um, But, uh, (laughs) yes, um, then we find out that uh, uh, Heather McNamara is dating Ram... Kurt, Ram, yes. Okay. Um, or, and, no, maybe Kurt.
2: Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it is. It <laughs> is Kurt.
0: Um, they are kind of interchangeable. Um, yeah. but yeah. So, and brings Veronica like so that they can double date. They go cow tipping. No, those poor cows. <laughs> Oh. So,
2: is wearing the biggest vest ever made. It's so good. I love an oversized garment as your full garment. It's, yes. it's the hugest vest of all time.
1: Yes. This is also, like, the one scene to me that says, Ohio. Everything sure. else. Yeah, totally. <laughs> does not scream, Ohio. And They're like, let's go to tipping. And I'm like, oh, okay, we are in Ohio. Just... Remember.
0: <laughs> it's good. It's it's a, it's a good scene with good stuff happening. Um but then yeah, she's just like, uh but and then Ram and Kurt spread this rumour, uh, that they were uh quote, uh sword fighting in her mouth. Um which is terrible. And so she's like, Alright, well let's get revenge on them. Um so JD makes up what is clearly this bullshit line about his ...grandfather's, uh... ...ichlug bullets... ...um... ...that pierce the skin... ...but don't, they don't kill! Don't you worry, we're just gonna scare them a little bit... ...um... ...but then that... ...and so they write like a fake suicide note... ...about how they killed themselves... ...because they were like secretly gay... ...and they couldn't live in the world... ...hiding their secrets... ...um... I'm trying to, I should have written down the full contents of what they put in that bag to show their queerdom. And so off the top, I know, I know that there's, of course, a photo of Joan Crawford. Um, yeah, I'm good. I think there's like, just like a, a, there's like a magazine, right? There's like a, uh, just like a male porn like magazine. A, yeah, yeah like gay like porn girl or something. Yeah. Um, and then, of, of course, <laughs> mineral water. <laughs> mineral water. A bottle of mineral water. <laughs> That's maybe the only thing that's aged from
2: this movie like so bad is sure. like mineral water. Yes. Like, oh, you're pretty gay if you drink LaCroix. Like,
1: ah, don't think so, <laughs> no. Well, so really quickly, going back to the Igloo bill- Bullets. Oh,
0: please, please. I texted
1: oh, I texted Ben when I was watching this going, do you think JT's grandfather is a Nazi? And I, then I went down like a spiral <laughs> hole of like, is he a Nazi? Because he says he gets them from his grandfather who was in World War II. Yeah. I don't think that's the case, but do you know what equally translates to?
0: What does it translate to? I lie. Oh shit! Uh. Oh shit! What a fucking oh the layers. Daniel Waters, you clever bitch. Oh my god, that's uh, the script. Just like uh, Catherine, uh, your onion earrings—it's got layers. Uh. <laughs> 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 Gods, how many times we can get this in the series uh that was the last one okay thank you thank you <laughs> um but yes uh so then they uh get ram and kurt out into the middle of the woods behind the school and shoot him shoot him dead yeah cuz um, she
2: says she says I how'd you know that that was my fantasy was to have two guys at once.
0: Yeah. She like tricks them into like oh yeah come and come and get me boys. Uh, Potential
1: the- threesome in a Isn't it in a graveyard or like some- No, it's just it's just the woods. Okay. I think
0: it's a At dawn, though, yeah. stick with the western theme. <laughs> <laughs> is that what? Yeah, I think there's harmonica in the score around oh, probably, that point. Yeah. <laughs> yes, uh, but then yeah, uh, JD and Veronica like shoot them both, and Veronica's like, "Oh shit, we actually straight up murdered these people." Um, then there's like uh, this little and I, just the way that that scene is filmed, like it's it is it is shot like a horror movie. It's mm-hmm. like the, the like, chick little, like
1: scene. yeah,
0: there's, like the long shots of like. Kurt like running off like that again that looks like something out of a John Carpenter movie like it's really beautifully done you get the funny stoner cops yes the funny stoner cops and they they go to the bodies and they're like uh, "What? they're like oh no the story's pretty clear they pull out the mineral water like (laughs) oh my god (laughs) I was like you know what that joke you tied it up in a bow (laughs) like that's that was the perfect cap to that silly little
2: thing and they um, get away by just, like, fucking in their car? Yes, That's they protect, like, yeah,
0: they, cover. yeah, it's like, they're just, like, making out in their car, they're, yeah, they're fucking in their car, so the cops are like, well, they clearly can't be the murderers, you see, they are fucking in a car. Uh, that <laughs> is, who would do that? Um, and so, yeah, then we go to their funeral, uh, where they are, of course, buried in their football helmets. In their
1: footballs. footballs. Got uh, you,
0: you got the dad, uh, with, again, another iconic line, I love my dead gay son. good good line yep (laughs) iconic it is and then i believe this is where veronica's just like fuck it you know i we can't do this like we're breaking up like i am just uh no, no, thank you. Um,
2: JD, I- JD has the awesome other line of justifying their murder by saying they had nothing to offer but date rape and AIDS jokes. <laughs> it's just like a pretty great
1: take.
0: It is. That is. That is a very. <sighs> um, but then we get this uh, JD essentially sort of like convinces heather duke the green heather uh Mm -hmm. shannon doherty i don't know like that's how you can that's what they're wearing um (laughs) but then she's like you gotta be the new big bad you gotta be the new red heather you gotta level up uh and she does she gets the green scrunchie the red Red scrunchie god damn it uh she gets the red scrunchie and Mm. oh you got a scrunchie brand's got a scrunchie not red that's okay <laughs> I had uh, it
2: on but now I have my headphones on it doesn't work
0: right. oh, <laughs> tragedy um but yes and I also I also like that uh Heather Heather Duke uh, has been reading Moby Dick for this whole film yeah. <laughs> just in, inexplicably I mean good book I get it uh, but <laughs> it's just it's an odd choice I mean obviously it comes back uh, later um but yeah yeah then we get uh, Veronica's like trying to be friends with Betty again she's just like you know what like, I'm done with the Heathers I'm done with JD. Let's. I, I want to go back to my old life where I actually like, liked the people I was uh, hanging out with. Um, but then, yeah, we get this, like, kumbaya moment at the school. We get Pauline Fleming trying to, like, have, like, the big circle. And again, it's just, like, this, like, vapid, just, like, I don't know. It's all, it's all, it's They're like filming the, it's like
1: it all. They are filming
0: they, it all, yes. It's, it's I don't the, know, it's, it's like the 80s version of, like robin d'angelo like white fragility mm. <laughs> kind of oh. shit
1: <laughs> and, and one of the kids asks if you can have a copy of it before his college applications like yes exactly yeah. you're like <laughs> Fucking hell, kid! It reminds me yes. too
2: of like Satanic Panic was a big deal. Oh right yeah. Then yeah, too. yeah, yeah, Heals yeah. In that same vein, and in Nancy Reagan's Dare. It's a lot. It's but a lot.
0: Of, it's. A, I mean, yeah. It's. It is both like fear-based conservatism and also fear-based liberalism, right? It's just yes. like that entirety of just like trying to not do the wrong thing, so resorting to uh, this ridiculous behavior, but making
2: uh, sure that all of it with the aim to end up on the nightly news.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. It's, it's all about your image, right? I mean, that's. Mm-hmm of the thing it's like uh again like maybe pauline fleming's uh intentions she thinks are good but yeah it's like i want to do this so people will notice me so that i can mm-hmm. that i can be seen doing this great thing fucking good on you pauline
1: uh
0: <laughs> and then i believe this is around the time where uh martha no martha doesn't try to kill herself yet right i think uh i'm trying to figure out the the order of things um well, can I yeah. remember if it's Heather Duke. Yeah, cuz Heather Heather Duke calls into No, Heather McNamara calls into this radio show. That's uh, right. Called Hot Probs. <laughs> great. Great name for a radio show. Um and she's like, "It's Heather." No wait. That no. That's not my name. It's Madonna. No wait, it's not that either. And then what is what does she land on? It's it's uh, Tweety. Th- Tweety. Tweety. Th- th- <laughs> Because <laughs> the bird that's in her, yes, yes. it's yes, yeah, a cl- a classic. Look around the room <laughs> to see what <laughs> what my name is. Joke, um, but yeah, but then uh, she gets made fun of because now because now Heather Duke is like, oh no, she she has feelings and she's going through trauma, so we can make fun of her, um, and it's sad. So Heather Mac- McNamara tries to kill herself.
1: Uh, With baby aspirin.
0: Yep. Oh, is that what it is?
1: <laughs> that's, it's because she goes to the bathroom and Veronica follows her and she's like, stupid child-proof cap. And she's like, <laughs> trying to get it out. But yeah, it's just, I don't know, everyone's,
0: everyone's got, also, is this where What's Your Damage came from? Another sort of
1: iconic line? Yes, yes. I feel
0: like I've, uh, that's become just like such a thing over the past like three decades. What's, What's your, your damage? damage?
1: What's your damage? Well... And with the with the Heather thing, this is the point in the film where suicide's like becoming like the popular thing to do. Yes, exactly. So it's also like, oh, it's cool to kill yourself, but like you actually have to be a cool kid to like do well, it. Well, yeah, because like,
0: yeah, because then uh, Martha like tries to kill herself, just um, walks into the street, just walks into a, the street. I st- would not recommend that that cool. method. Poor girl. Walks through the street with a suicide note uh, taped to her chest, but the, she doesn't actually die. She just gets severely injured and is in stable condition, as Heather Duke says. But yeah, she's like just another nerd trying to like follow what the popular kids are doing. Exactly. Yeah. Do that, right. All right. No, that's the, <laughs> oh, I mean, again, man. that's the thing. Like, again, like this sort of like this films, um, I'll keep saying it cause I, keep thinking it's true this like cynical stance on just like oh like this serious issue is just like a fad right Mm -hmm. um like even like when veronica uh comes in later pauline fleming's like oh no veronica suicide is one of the most important decisions that a young girl can make in her (laughs) life Uh, which is inherently a very funny but also very sad and dark line (laughs) um and, and yeah like uh so then yeah we, I believe uh, J.D. is like, we're going to use this... Um, I, I believe this is all a dream, right? Where he's like, we're going to use this Moby Dick book to, like, incriminate, like, to show that, like, Heather Duke tried to kill herself. Or, or that she did kill herself by underlining the word Eskimo. Yeah. <laughs> Very silly. And then we have... Is that,
1: like, Is that when the funeral... Dream yeah, that's happens? when we have,
0: like, the okay. dream funeral, yeah. The 3D glasses <laughs> sequence.
1: Which show up in the musical. Sure do. Wait, wait, do they? Wait, where? Yeah, there's the choir of the ensemble that pops up at one point and they're all wearing 3D glasses.
0: Mm-hmm. De- Which number is that for again? Oh, I don't know. I think it's the dream
2: sequence in the musical too, right?
0: I think so. Like, is, is it? There's the one song
2: that uh, one of the Heather sings but it's after she's oh, dead? Oh, is it or... Yo
1: Girl? Is
0: Maybe it? So. Oh, sure, sure, sure. Oh. That, that probably sounds about right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I got to uh, read up on that um, but yeah so either way um, but yeah so but the movie Dick stuff doesn't happen um, uh, it's all a dream but then uh, Veronica has a feeling that JD is gonna try and kill her so he she has hung herself from the ceiling wink wink. <laughs> and JD in cl- Oh, and JD has convinced uh, Heather Duke to get everyone's petition, uh, get everyone's signature for a petition for the band's big fun to play at Westerberg High School. Um, but then JD, uh, who be- burges into uh, Veronica's window in classic movie villain style, gives a monologue about his big plan about what's going to happen. And the students did not sign a big fun position. They signed a big sad petition, if you will. Uh, say, it's, oh and no. they all—it's like a—I don't—I don't care. I hate yeah. it, and I'm I carrying was good. through. Thank you, Brand. Appreciate your support. Uh, so yeah, they essentially signed this like large-scale suicide notes, being like, "We blew ourselves up." To that's a big fuck you to society. Yeah, we live in a society, Joker. Uh, and that's uh, that's that's what they said. That is the line that Daniel Waters wrote in 1988. Uh, in 1989, uh, but Veronica did not hang herself after JD has left. You see that she like tied the bedsheet around her waist, so she's just like elevated. Like she's fine. She's it's a it's a good prank. Good prank, Veronica Sawyer. <laughs> really um,
1: messes up her mom, though, for a second. Yes! <laughs> oh,
0: I shouldn't let you take that job at the Tri-State Mall! <laughs> <laughs> um, but, yes, then, uh... But, yeah, we find out JD is gonna try and bomb the school from the boiler room because there's this big pep rally happening, so everyone's just gonna be in the auditorium at the same time. Veronica barges into the boiler room, gun in hand, um is able to stop rushing through this is able to stop the bomb. But then she goes outside and we see that JD has strapped a bomb to his chest. He's just like, I, I give up. I am, I am done uh, with this world. Uh, She pulls out a cigarette. (laughs) He blows up. (laughs) Cigarette is a light. Um, And I love that. She just like walks through the school, just like covered in ash Uh, You look like hell, I just came from there Yes Good line Great line, she takes the red scrunchie back Um, But then she says hi to Martha, who's back She's back in school, alive and well And they says they're going to watch a movie And Martha says her first line And is like, yeah, that that sounds (laughs) great And then the movie ends with another cover of Mm Mm-hmm. And... It's a good movie that I love. Um, yeah, so that's, I mean, that's Heather's the film. Uh, A good movie with, uh, again, like, again, your mileage may vary on sort of, like, how, what, what the movie is saying. If it's, uh, nihilistic or cynical or what it's, what it's sort of, like, view is of high school, of society, of the way we treat each other, of the way that we, uh, try and fail to take care of each other, um... If it completely bombed at the box office, yeah. it, just, it, was, it just wasn't a success. It, just, it was
1: like one third of its budget or yeah. like, <laughs> like measly, measly income.
0: Uh, Desson Thompson of the Washington Post, uh, Ooh. wrote that the film quote, may be the nastiest, Cruellest fun you can have without actually having to study law or good leather products. If movie, <laughs> if, uh, then but this is the kicker. I, uh, whatever, fucking weird. Uh, this is the kicker though. If movies were food, Heather's would be a cynics chocolate binge. Huh. Do with that what you will. That is one person's opinion. Um, I also, I, before we go, before we jump into the musical. We need to do a quick aside about another piece of The Heather's Legacy, oh. which is, of course, the television show. Yeah. The recent, the very recent oh, uh, television man. series, which, I mean, I don't want to speak too much about because I never watched it. Catherine, did you watch it?
1: I did because... All um, of it? Or just... Uh, I. They only aired a certain number of episodes because it was right after... Um, the uh stoneman douglas yeah. uh shooting in florida so they like stopped airing it when it and then never saw light of day again yeah but the the lead actor in it who i can't remember her name um but she she
0: like Is it grace Vic- Grace victoria cox
1: no it's the main heather oh
0: uh, gotcha i'm sorry i'm i'm pulling it up it's okay uh, melanie you. field
1: yeah Fucking love her. Um, it was also interesting. The casting was interesting for this. Well, so and so that's the thing.
0: So essentially. It is what I think the musical the musical succeeds, and we'll get to that in a second, because it does not update it. It is still set in the 80s. It is still like a period piece. They do not try and be like, well, what if the Heathers were a were a Facebook? They do not try to uh. they do <laughs> They do not try to do that. Um but it seems like the the TV show was trying to do that. They were trying to be like, what if Heathers took place in the 2010s? And they make the the Again, like I haven't seen the show, I cannot speak to sort of the success or failure of it. But it is at least on the face of it a strange choice to make the heathers uh, people of marginalized identities. It yeah. is they're like one Ooh, of
2: yeah, like, like one of the heathers is
0: is genderqueer. One of them is biracial. Uh, one of them is like position. The Heather Chandler is positioned as a social justice warrior. Well, she's also plus size too. Yes, and it's just so it's it, and again it's like. Listen, you can make your show with your weird fucking point of view about SJWs or you like, whatever, fucking go to town. But this feel like knowing just like what Heathers is and what that narrative is, it feels strange to position your marginalized characters in what are ost- ostensibly the bully
1: roles. Well, and then the Veronica was like a white, blonde, skinny girl. yeah. And I'm like, like I mean it's like again,
0: like on paper, it sounds like an alt-right television series. <laughs> like that's the thing. <laughs>
1: it's so strange. It's it's yeah. It it was interesting. Um They made uh, choices. They made choices. I'm happy that a lot of those actors have moved on to better roles. Yeah. And better careers. Um and I was excited about the casting because I was wondering what they were going to like if they were gonna really turn it on its head and go what happens. When like maybe the Veronica is the bully and like yeah. I I was interested in that but then it just kind of fell apart and then they haven't aired it's like nowhere to be seen because of yeah. everything that happened
0: yeah I think, I think I mean again just that is just uh, under sort of a further proof of sort of how how does Heather's just as a property or so we think uh, Heather's as a property cannot exist. In a it has it has trouble existing in a post Columbine, post nine eleven world. Um, and again, we'll get into it in a second. But I feel like this this story can really only exist in the nineteen eighties. It's like it's like we know what the world is today. We know what the sort of tragic prolif- proliferation of mass shootings has sort of become in this in this country in America in the U.S. Um, so it's just it is. It is, yeah, I just don't know if it's a film that can translate to that kind of modern update that it sounded like they were going for. Especially when you're sort of, like, bringing in that kind of potential commentary on marginalized identities. It's weird. You know what's not weird, or at least weird in a good way? Heather's the Musical. Uh, which debuted off-Broadway in 2014. Uh, Heather's the Musical, which, uh, again, I'm, I'm excited to dig into, uh... I want to quickly uh, touch on the the authors of this thing. Uh, we've already talked about Lawrence O'Keefe. Uh, he came up in our uh, "Legally Blonde" episode um, as one of the writers of that, and I would say uh, his work here is uh, much better. Um, mm-hmm. I think he is, uh, and of course, his uh, co-collaborator on this piece, uh, Kevin Murphy. Um, um, we know we know him from a, an upcoming episode, at least. Um, um, hoping we'll be able to cover it soon uh reefer madness um yeah. a, a show that i don't want to talk too much about because we're going to devote a whole fucking episode to it um spoiler, but a sh-
2: it's good though a spoiler it's really good. great it's really fucking
0: good. <laughs> show um so yeah so kevin murphy wrote the book and lyrics to reefer madness and so obviously and it's i'm always so fascinated when they like do like the book music lyrics by these two because i'm sort of like well, I know Kevin didn't do music for River Madness, so part of me, like, thinks that Larry O'Keefe, again, this is obviously speculation, part of me, like, obviously thinks he did most of the music, but also, like, I don't know, like, that's, again, like, I don't know what their process was, um, either way, uh, so yeah, so they wrote the show, and then the show was, uh, directed by, uh, Andy Flickman, who I believe- uh, directed Reefer Madness as well. I believe they sort of they they kept that relationship uh going, which is I mean great good for them. Uh they got some like stellar uh actors for some of the uh some of the workshops. Fucking like, Annalee Ashford played Veronica Sawyer at a Joe's Pub concerts. Kristen Bell, right? Yeah, Kristen Bell was the original Veronica and uh there was a LA reading back in 2009. Um I mean, yeah, I'm just looking, uh, yeah, uh, Jeremy Jordan was JD in that, uh, Joe's Pub concert, uh, just bananas, uh, good, good on them, uh, then we move into the off-Broadway production, so yeah, the thing never, I, I feel like it did okay off-Broadway, but I guess it didn't really get enough traction in its original run to merit any kind of Broadway transfer, um, it's, and we'll, we'll dig into the material in a sec, but I think just I want to say, like, culturally, um... Like some of the other shows, like we've talked about before, especially like Beetlejuice uh, and like uh, Mean Girls, to an extent, um, this show is huge with mm-hmm. like the online like theater-loving kids, like the they like Gen Gen Z loves this show. The Gen Z theater lovers, theater kids, love this show, love it.
1: Yeah, it's it's interesting too because then, I mean. I know we're not gonna go in depth about the UK production, but the UK production was off was off Broadway in the West End.
0: Yeah, so it was he, at the the other the other place, which had this sort of like an off West End theater.
1: Yeah. And then it moved to the West End. Yeah. So but, I'm like it was wildly popular in the UK.
0: And I do and I actually do want to touch on the, the London production a little mm-hmm. bit because mm-hmm. they actually revised the show uh between off Broadway and London. And I would say so I like I would say if you wanna like the most accurate version of the of the show you probably would want to listen to the london cast recording even though i personally prefer some of the uh performances on the off-broadway recording i also think the uh for obvious reasons uh the american accents are much better on the uh, yep. off-broadway recording what? i gotta say i got listen as a british actor <laughs> who is terrible at doing american accents the thing is I just don't audition for roles that need American accents because I know I'm not going to be good at it. I just I know this. So I just uh, so I always feel bad because like obviously like you're you're in the West End like if you're in the West End and you'll get you're hopefully getting that good sweet uh, union money.
1: Mm-hmm. you should have a
0: dialect coach you should yeah. have a good dialect coach on hand to help you I with i think those accents. The,
1: the worst one is jd like i don't yeah. know he
0: sounds he sounds like he's like from wales or something i don't know
1: it's it it took me out quite a bit um yes um but yeah so and i would say plot
0: wise it's pretty one-to-one, which is always great when we're talking mm-hmm. about these, because that doesn't mean we have to do a big ol' plot analysis. And even, like, some, uh, I feel like a lot, but not all of the lines, I think there's like, uh, there's a really nice mix of, like, hey, they actually took a stab at adapting the screenplay, and also, we're gonna take the best lines that make the most sense in these scenes and move them it, to the stage.
1: I mean, I think uh, because of how iconic that script is... Exactly. It's, just, it's like you, you have to, but then, again... With like with Shrek with Legally Blonde with a lot of these other scripts, there are kind of lines that did not make it in. So I wonder what the like permissions and the like agreement but behind the original team for the film and the musical are with this, because it's a lot of them. It's it, the script is is pretty much pulls a ton. Like yeah, more than it I've does. Ever-
2: One thing I really like that it does do different <laughs> is instead of like um, oh and I Mean Girls are Legally Blonde where they they're like. Well, we have to have this line in here, so we're just going to have somebody say it in, like, the same cadence or something. There's a couple of the big lines that make it into lyrics. Yeah. And I think that is smarter. Like, we are chaos. We are what killed the dinosaurs is a lyric in his song as opposed to just being him saying it and trying to do uh Christian Slater doing Jack Nicholson. <laughs> I
0: mean, yeah, even just like all of his, yeah. I mean, like all of his God, uh, which is a line mm-hmm. that he says. And then even, yeah, the opening of act two, I, uh, my dead gay son, like they, like they took that line and just expanded it into a pretty funny Act Two opener. I'll give it's him that. Uh, it's a pretty funny <laughs> it's song. Pretty funny. It's so God.
2: Uh, I like I, the, I used to reach for my gun, but now I love my dead. Yes. Listen, <laughs> Listen, good, listen,
0: Larry O'Keefe, Kevin Murphy, <laughs> funny lyricists. Uh-huh. They, like, between, Turns like, out. between Reef of Madness and Bat Boy, the two know, <laughs> I know, Bat Boy's great I, choo- I so. love
1: Bat Boy so much.
0: <laughs> it, unle- until they make that Bat Boy movie that they keep teasing about, uh, we will, it will go uncovered. So they better make that movie so we can talk about it on the Patreon. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, I, uh, just, uh, Yeah. What I was going to say is that I think it'd be funny to do a one-two shot of listening to Kiss of the Spider Woman and then the off-Broadway Heathers so you can hear Anthony Crivello, uh singing these, like, uh, ter- these, like very sad ballads in his prison cell and then singing I Love My Dead Case Son. Um, God, what a journey for that actor. Fucking good on you. Yeah. Nancy um, I would say there are, two, like, for the most part, there's obviously, like, little things that change here and there. Um, I would say the two most uh, monumental changes for Heathers the Musical, um, and we can get into, like, style and tone, because obviously uh, there's a lot of differences there, uh, just in the <laughs> translation. I would say the two biggest things, one's a character thing and one's a sort of thematic device. Uh, one is that they make Martha... They essentially give Martha Dunstock the Betty Finn role. They sort of mm-hmm. they, comb- they they throw Betty Finn's character and sort of like position in the film into the character of Martha Dunstock. So she is both the person of ridicule for the bully characters and also the friend that Veronica left behind. Um which again, like for the for the sake of economy of characters, makes sense. And I think it also and I think it also does strengthen Martha's character so that she is just more more than a literal walking joke um, yes. that she is in the I movie. I appreciate
2: that part. I just don't think... I think it's a mistake to make Veronica and her friends from the get-go.
0: Interesting. Okay. I, I, I think it's like... What's interesting
2: is it's like, in the movie, she is a person that everybody makes fun of and is like the lowest in the cast system yeah. of high school, you know? And by giving her Veronica's... By her being a friend of Veronica's, it not only like... Kind of like I said earlier, then like Veronica's mistake is by betraying or her like downfall is because she chooses to betray her friend sure. instead of the much more banal, just like you're mean because you're in high school and you saw like the slightest way to like have community with a different group. So you were mean to one person on the outside already. I don't know. It's just a little different, but I like that she has more to do for sure. And Absolutely.
0: And I, 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 yeah, we'll get into that
2: in Can the second
1: act. Oh, I think it's also part of the whole fact that, I mean... Ben, you may, you, you may just, I may steal the thing that you say that's the device. Do it. But at the beginning of the film is when we see Veronica as this, I mean, I don't think she's really that much on the fringe of high school. Yeah. Um. <laughs> but like they make her kind of like the the unimportant like nerd who then becomes a friend with the Heathers because she can forge letters and so they, they have a makeover moment in that opening yeah. sequence
0: oh i wasn't even yeah I, actually i wasn't even gonna talk yeah so they do they do essentially give the film a prologue they sort of mm-hmm. they they use the opening number as sort of the prologue that never was of this story no i was gonna talk about the device that they use that every time that a character dies they <laughs> as, they like they still exist within the narrative which I think is a really fascinating choice. They ha- so like, Heather Chandler, like, still exists in a sense within the diegesis di- of di- Heather's di- The di- Musical. Di- like, she will, like, comment on stuff that happens, and the same with, like, Ram and, like, even, like, during All of His God, like, Ram is killed, and then he is commenting on JD trying to kill Kurt. Like, I think it's, <laughs> it's a really fascinating and, and, at times, funny way of, like, keeping these characters' voices, both literally and thematically, in the content of the show, and also adding to the weight of sort of veronica's guilt right sort of like adding these literal voices in her head like adding to sort of the chaos that she's going through um it's a it's a design that it's a device i really like that i think thematically works for the show and it's also a new thing i love it when writers do new things when they're adapting stuff who
1: knew i agree i it's 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 kind of like the Greek, I mean, like, obviously it's one person at first who starts flying around. It's Heather Chandler after she's killed, but it kind of feels like a Greek chorus of like people you've killed. Yes. Yeah. Like here they are to haunt you and they're going to tell you all like, cause they're the, when, when the yo girl moments happens, when yeah. it's like the chorus of people in the 3d glasses and the white robes, it feels like it's a chorus of people who
0: are going to die or exactly, yeah. It's all of, yeah, it's like you've 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 set up this device already of like here are the dead people and they're gonna sing to you. And yeah, it's it's using that uh it's weaponizing that device against Veronica, right? Of like, here are the people who are going to join this uh framework that we have created for this show. Um clever. Clever stuff. Uh, funny
2: that it makes, like, offstage backup singers a textual device.
0: Yes, exactly. No, I love I, when they sing Holy Shit, also very funny. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um. So let's, so just going through this. Okay. Uh. Right off the top, uh, every song in this show uh, is a bop. It slaps. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a real, there's a really fun sound to these songs. I just, I just got to say that. Um, they're really fun. They're really poppy. Uh. They are both, I mean, I feel like a lot of them have this sort of, strange mix of both 80s pop and contemporary pop Mm -hmm. uh, that it's just handled really really well um and i I, I, again i just i think it's just a very good score it's sort of the uh it's the in for me honestly i think like this this show would not succeed as much as it does if it didn't have a score that is so assured of its sound and assured of its function um and i will also say that i first i i did i've seen this show i saw the the co candy productions uh, uh, Heather's uh, God, that must have been back like 2015,
1: 2016. 2016 Yeah, I looked
0: uh, it up today. Hell yeah, I, I love that production. A lot of uh, great people I know that with that we know. Um, and listen, on the record, you you have not heard Veronica Sawyer in this show until you've heard Courtney Max sing that score. Just fucking
1: agreed. Just agreed.
0: Broadway's Courtney Mac just fucking brilliant, brilliant actor. Um, fucking nailed that, nailed that role. Um, Courtney's the best. Uh, either way, show starts off yeah with beautiful this prologue sort of yeah because it is interesting in the film. We just we just plopped into the the given, the given circumstances of things. You know we are. We're just like, well, Veronica is someone who used to not be cool and now is cool. We don't really know how it happens, but it happened. And so, yeah, there is something nice about us getting a little bit of that backstory of like seeing how that happened, seeing the shit that Veronica is going through. I mean, and listen, 10 minute opening number to establish the world of your show, <laughs> the characters, like your pro- your protagonist, your side characters, your villains, the the tone of the thing, the the sort of the major thematic elements and then like presenting your like first like major like uh turning point for your protagonist all within a 10 minute song. Good on you.
1: Like it's- big fucking it's a big fucking risk yeah Cool. Like, like, well, let's do this just let's like just put it all out there and they fucking nail it it's kind of it's it's also the the music when the heathers always enter yes that, like synth This it's just it, it it it's pounding it's a it's a bop like it you is said. it
0: is a bop and i will yeah so i will say and i'll, I'll read briefly from the sort of the notes that the uh, that the authors give at the beginning of the script. Um, they essentially yeah, so I'll say um, they wanted to create a show that could be mounted uh, pretty much uh, anywhere. Um, They did this so that we could afford to pay for seven seven musicians and 19 singers making a big, glorious noise. Heathers is an emotional show with a big, beating teenage heart. The characters experience feelings so deep and wide they can only be expressed in song. These primal themes require musical expression on a large scale. If your production budget can support cool stuff like projections or realistic lockers or an actual car on stage by all means have it but we strongly suggest you protect your sound at all costs uh support the score and your production will succeed and like from what i've seen of the original off-broadway production it was very much like a spare set and they really just, like, use lighting and costume and, yeah, sort of, like, the lines of, like, oh, here we are on the football field uh, <laughs> to be, like, this is, which, I mean, I love. I'm all for, like, simplicity in theater and I'm all for sort of, like, yeah, like, focusing on the text and focusing on uh, just sort of the written element of it all. And I think, I mean, I think it helps them succeed here because, yeah, it's, it it probably, like, was really great in sort of, like, figuring out what works without having other design elements to distract them.
1: Well, I think it also behooves them because I mean I, it is sad to me that they didn't get a life after off Broadway because I think it's a show that really deserves to be seen in like a in a bigger way. Yeah, but. It also makes me happy that they weren't trying to like make something that was like bigger and brashier. They were like, we know what this is. We know what it wants to be because we know high schoolers are going to want to do this. And like they do have this school edition, which I do. (laughs) They do. (laughs) I'm like, (laughs) fuck me gently with a chainsaw. What is, what does that translate to in that edition?
0: I don't, I will (laughs) say there's, there's the one moment in like the Heather's opening number song where they're like, uh, they're like, oh, I wish I could date them. That would be beautiful. And then there's the one guy, the nerd, who's like, um, I want to, like, tie a Heather up in my basement and feed her to my rats. Uh, I believe in the high school edition they change it to, like, I want to, like, force Heather to wear a Wonder Woman costume. <laughs> I'm like, I mean, I guess that's still, I guess that's pretty bad. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, let, and listen, yeah, high schools should perform this. So if you're able, yeah, so, like, good on them for, like, making the amendments. So that it's a little bit more palatable. Uh, again, weird show for high schools to perform. Um, but fucking have at it, y'all. Um, so, yeah, just like sort of like uh, racing through these other songs. Uh, candy Store. Absolute bop that the Heathers sing. Again, it's sort of like a it's an I Am song, right? It's mm-hmm. sort of like this is who Heather Chandler is. He, she is in demand. She is bringing people to her candy store. She is in Yeah. Like I said, she's in command and she, and uh, I love when Heather Duke like tries to sing a solo and she's like, no, I'm singing. <laughs> okay. Like, very. I do,
1: yeah. do want to give a shout out to Jessica Keenan. Wynn, I believe her name is who played it. Uh, yeah. Who did it off Broadway because she yeah. also plays young. um, Freaking mama Mia too. She plays young Christine. Uh, Bransky. Yeah. Yeah, she's Young Christine and it's honestly it's inspired casting. But she's she's incredible. Like she literally died. I just I love her, and I honestly she's a freaking force. And yeah, I yeah. Anyway, I love her a lot. She's no, cool. I
0: love it. I, I I sadly have not seen Mamma Mia Here We Go Again yet, which I've heard is it's, great.
1: It's so good. I've heard. I've heard it is it's, better it's, than Mamma Mia. It's, it's if anything's like, possible. possible. I know. <laughs> I mean, when I say good, it's I don't mean like it's 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 You had so- a
0: good time watching it. I, had I get it. I had a good it. time watching yeah. it. Okay? I'm to
2: get drunk and sing along to just like exactly. the first one. What a ball.
0: Exactly.
1: <laughs> They're in
2: Mykonos and uh, Meryl Streep's there. What else do you need? Well, she's not actually Emma she a oh uh, well, and you get that too? Uh,
0: well, actually Meryl Streep's not in the second one. She's dead. <laughs>
1: <laughs> she, does, she does have one song at the end, just so you know. And then Cher shows up, too, because yep. Cher Amazing. is Meryl's mother. Anyway, sorry.
0: <laughs> no, you're good. Um, then, we, yeah, so then we have Fight For Me, where Veronica sings the song about JD beating up Ram and Kurt. Funny song. Good, 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 yeah, good thing. Again, like setting up that that palpable sexual energy and this connection that they're going to have. That's sort of like, it's, it's setting it up in a really fun way.
1: It's, we- uh, it's also nice. Cause in the film, this is something we have been talk about is that. Oh, sure. A, yes. He pulls a gun pulls out. A gun out. <laughs> <laughs> And then, like, doesn't like nothing really bad happens to him, and then this is just a physical fight. But I'm like, you pulled a gun on two guys. He fired
0: blanks. Blanks. It was the '80s. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> not an excuse. Uh, but then, then he sings a song called "Freeze Your Brain." uh when they run into each other again at the 7-eleven that's sort of his big uh this is my sad backstory song Uh, again like this is where we're gonna pack in all of jd's backstory um again like they're using they're using the songs well they're using them to sort of like fill in uh who these characters are in fun uh thematic thematically resonant ways um Just like big fun, a song about partying. Um, another, again, I I like that they take the name of the band, um, and then they just, yeah, they just, uh, turn that into the name of the song. Uh, good on them. Uh, then, uh, and actually, we do get another change. So then, yeah, uh, Veronica gets chewed out by Heather. Mm. And in, so we actually, it's a, I mean, it's a very big character change. Because in the film, JD uh, climbs up into her window, but in the musical that it's reversed. It's, it's now Veronica's given a little bit more agency. She's the one who's like, if I'm going to be chewed out by Heather Chandler, I might as well fucking like, fuck this guy. Yeah. Live it up. (laughs) Fuck this guy who I want to ride while singing this high as hell note. Uh, Uh, And Dead Dead Girl Walking is also just like a a hell of of a song, too. Yeah, that one's fun. Um, And yeah, Barrett Wilbert Weed, who plays... uh, Best name in Broadway. (laughs) Yeah, BWW, Broadway World, Barrett Wilbert Weed. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, she she sings the hell out of the school.
1: The hell, oh, at least in hell out of the school, and I was like that too. And she does sing the hell
0: out of the school, but she also does sing the hell out of this score. Um, I do.
1: I also love that she's in. She's Janice and Mean Girls. Like I think yeah. that's very funny that she did these two very closely related stories. I
0: know, and and yeah, they just carried it along. Um, and I I do like Carrie Hope Fletcher. Who plays Veronica in the West I End do production? Too. She's very charming. Um, she's gonna be playing Cinderella in this upcoming Andrew Lloyd Webber Cinderella.
1: Don't uh, you? Mm. Am I wrong?
0: It's a, I mean, that's a thing no, that's you're, happening.
1: No, you're not wrong. <laughs> she just deserves better. I've. She, she, I've quickly become a fan of her on TikTok, of course. Does she have Um, a TikTok? She does. She's, yeah, she's, she's great. Um, yeah, she, no, she is a very good Veronica in DUK. I think she's probably my favorite part of that production.
0: You know about this, uh, brand, do you know about this Angeloid Webber Cinderella? I have, this is complete news to (laughs) me, actually. uh, Catherine, do you know who the writers are on this thing?
1: I mean, I know Angeloid Webber.
0: No, but so the lyrics are by David Zippel. Uh, Hercules. Oh, oh okay. Uh, and City of Angels. Yeah. Um, the mm. book is by Emerald Fennell <gasps> of Promising Young Woman. Oh, my God. Maybe it'll be oh. good. <laughs> Film? Musical? Music. What is it? West End like
2: production. Exchange West End production of a new yeah. Android. A new Android. Lo- blah, 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 blah. A new Android- I can't say his name. A new andro- Andrew Lloyd Webber.
0: Android Webber.
2: Android Webber. <laughs> Beat book.
0: Uh, yes. No, exactly. Yeah, I know. Andrew Lloyd Webber, Cinderella. Um, yeah, maybe it'll be good. Carrie Hope Fletcher is lovely and she's going to be Cinderella. Who his knows? His recent track record
2: is not great,
0: so we will but,
1: see. But it's Emerald Fennel who I'm yeah.
0: like,
1: okay, maybe. Yeah, maybe. Curious. Interesting. Listen, I'm
0: curious if nothing else. (laughs) Um, But, so she sings Dead Girl Walking, uh, then, yeah, so they they kill heather chandler and then they sing the me inside of me which is again like it's uh just taking the suicide notes and turning it into a song and uh, it's this is very tragic fun t- and again and then you but then you get this fun added layer of heather chandler reacting to this and being like oh my god i'm popular now i'm even more popular now um it's funny it's a funny it added also la- yeah.
2: facilitates my favorite thing in a musical which is a big long song that has a lot of plot that happens in the middle. yes
0: and a, I feel like there's a, quite a bit of those in here, but yes, that's that's a good example of it. Yeah. Um, then we get to uh, one of the most interesting sections of the show because it is uh, one of the most revised sections of the show. Um, so, originally, uh, for the first few years of the life of Heathers, uh, Kurt and Ram sang a song called Blue. Um, <laughs> you know, their balls are blue. You make my ball so blue, Veronica. And it's, you know, it's, well, it, like, I, the function it serves, fine. It's like the dumb jock singing a dumb song about how horny they are for Veronica. Um, Genuinely funny,
2: too. Yeah, at it parts.
1: is. It's, yeah, it
0: is. It's pretty funny.
1: It's, it's less cringy because of what they're seeing and more cringy because of the situation that they're in yes so like they kind of make it I mean it's not it's not a good situation anyway but like it feels a little bit less cringy than it would be if it was just these two guys being like come make out with us and like like forcing themselves yeah
0: no that yeah it. they're like right they they the the, <laughs> the heathers like aren't letting her like into their car. Right, they're like so they're like it's this very very terrifying like a, a men ganging up on her situation while they're singing this song. Um, but they changed the so they changed the song for the high school production. So they're like they're like oh, we probably shouldn't have these young high school boys <laughs> singing a song about having blue balls. So they wrote a new song called "You're Welcome," um, which is which I would say honestly on all counts is just a better song. I just like it a little more than this just, just compositionally and just sort of, like, in function. I just like it a little more than blue.
1: I think it also pokes fun at, like, men who think that they're owed everything. Yeah, yeah exactly. It, yeah. It gives and, like... Blue. I'm hot, you're welcome. Like, I'm giving you attention, you're welcome. Like, that, it just, it really pokes fun at, like, the stupidity of that. Yeah,
0: it's, it's, yeah, it gives them a little more to play with rather than just being like, I'm horny, let's fuck. It's like, you should be so grateful that we, that we wanna fuck you. Yeah, it gives, it's a little creep, and yeah, it's a little bit more sinister, honestly. Um, which is good. Um, good song, good replacement. And yeah, so they wrote it for the high school production, and they're like, no the song's actually better let's just replace it uh altogether um and then they give Heather Duke a new song they gave they gave Heather Duke a new song for the West End production uh called Never Shut Up Again which is i mean it's it's uh, which, is
1: a, which is a it's a fine song i mean it's, i think it's it's good and it gives her less of the more cuz i think the film like she's very happy i mean she's she's sad quote yeah. unquote but she's happy that she's now the leader of this group. But it also like gives Even her that
2: chicken wing in a locker room. I love that. <laughs> the
1: chicken wing,
0: and then
2: yes, wing
1: it.
0: yeah,
2: flings I it. I want to just go to a spa and have wings now. Like, <laughs> once we get, once everything's open, right? Because yeah, because like my right, but,
0: like before that, she was the one who was throwing up in the bathroom, and yeah, now she's yeah. like, I'm gonna eat whatever the fuck I. W-. Yeah, again, because it's like this uh, terrifying parasitic relationship with Heather Chandler. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, so it we is.
1: And calling her dumb and stuff, and they use that in the song, too. Is She's like, I'm mm-hmm. not stupid. So, yeah, so
0: I, I get the function. I get, it's nice to give her another song. Um, I, I get why it didn't exist originally. It is sort of like, like another song that we're going to get to in the in the second act. I, I get how its function could just be replaced by just a few lines in the script. Um, whatever. Um, but then I, I do... I think some of the music goes real hard in this show. Um, like in a really beautiful like all oh, love is God. I think like some of that music, some of those instrument some of that instrumentation is really beautiful. And I think that's sort of again, I would say the musical is definitely a little more earnest than the film. I think there's still there's still a little bit of goofiness. Uh yeah, I I'm I'm always I'm like, is the cynicism
1: being translated into goofiness? from film to stage i think it's not goofiness and more an attempt at camp sure but it's questionable if they actually hit it i was, on about, I was about to
0: say the emphasis is on the word attempt in that yeah in, in yeah. that sense and like yeah because t- totally it's a very strange show where it is both again like taking some of that stylistic uh boundary pushing if you will from the film uh, while well, still, you know, it's, it's a fucking musical, you know? like Yeah, it's, it's all
2: got to have that, like, shine on it, a little too much in some places that loses some yeah. of the edge. And I think that that, like, in uh, uh, Veronica's character, too, she's a little too, you know, a little too... It's not as flawed as the movie's version. Yeah,
0: but, I, but again, I do like All oh, Love Is God. It's, like, a very... Mm-hmm. It's just a beautiful... It's just a very nice song, and, like, it's a very nice lyric, uh, and it's just, like, J.D., like, I would say both like earnestly and manipulatively trying to care for uh veronica in this moment right she's like i will be here for you but also i need you to know i'll be here for you so we can we will kill these people um yeah. it's it is it is twisted as they say um but yeah then the act ends with them uh murdering uh curtain ram and of course the next act <laughs> opens with my dead gay son again as we said before a very funny song I just think it's a very funny song dragging out this joke and turning it into a song that again both musically and lyrically I think serves the joke well
1: well oh, and then instead of seeing one daddy, you see both yes dads. exactly and then there's this whole subtext of them having had a, a, a fishing trip night, yes a hot fishing trip <laughs> greatest <laughs> night of my life I when- know Cause one of, cause one of them starts like spouting. He's like, I don't, I don't get the homophobia. I mean, I don't get the gays or whatever. And he's like, yeah. don't you remember that night? <laughs> yeah,
0: I just, I, I think that song goes really hard too. It doesn't. It didn't have to, but it went hard for us. Uh, how dare it? Uh, there was something else. I was gonna There's say. There's also like yeah. organ,
1: like 1970s, yes, seventies, eighties, like christian church organ which i also really love in that song
0: oh and i I believe there's like a casting convention where like most of the adult characters are played by like two actors Mm -hmm. if i if i recall correctly um which is i don't know it's pretty funny
1: yeah uh, i think it's the two dads yes double with the two teachers and then like pauline is just one the same actor oh she plays the mom yeah she too, plays veronica's she plays- mom yes yeah
0: um so i think that's a fun convention I, they they kind of keep that for mean girls as well again like another fucking like yeah this uh, uh the lines <laughs> the line the parallels uh the i'm like i'm like uh charlie day at the at the Board yeah. with the with the string connecting everything. Uh, whatever. Uh, but yes, it, it's all connected. Uh um, well, goes
2: back to Barrett Wilbert Weed.
0: <laughs> Carol! <laughs> Carol! <laughs> Gotta talk to you about Pepe Sylvia! Uh anyway, 17. Can't we mm. be 17? Uh, um, so that I feel like Catherine maybe you would know this more than me. Of like, of the songs that sort of like have resonated with like young folk um from the show i would feel like 17s probably up there yeah
1: I think so. I think it's also the whole, it's like the new I am 16 going on 17. Like, sure. Like, like <laughs> sure. That's actually, when you first asked the question, that's immediately where I went. Was I was like, why? what's this obsession with being 17 that, I mean, it's only two shows, but I'm like, <laughs> there's a song called 18 in any musical. So why not 18? Anyway. There is a um, show
0: called 13. If that means anything,
1: (laughs) and we're not going to talk about that show,
0: (laughs) but no, but Seventeen's a great song. I think this is another just like beautiful pop song.
1: It is. I I I haven't heard it as much as I thought I would, like in auditions and stuff. Like Mm. I, I'm like everyone should be using songs from this show. Probably Dead Girl
0: Walking, right? It's a song.
1: It's it's Dead Girl Walking because they want that high belt. They want to be like. Here's my 15 bars, 16 but, bars, but I wow. think like
0: 17 has a lot 17 more. Bars. That, 17 <laughs> bars. But I feel like 17 <laughs> has a Sanders. but like 17 has a lot more character and gravitas and depth to it that so I feel like mm. that would be a good audition song. It would, right? It, you, I've, right? I've, Catherine Miller, casting director. Like yeah. if, if if someone came into an audition and they sang like 17 and they like fucking knocked that those stakes out of the park, mm-hmm. you'd be like, yeah, I'll give him a callback.
1: I, I want to see you act your song. I don't care if you can belt. Yeah. Like, you can belt to high heaven, but like, stakes, choices, make choices.
0: We love choices. It's a podcast that loves questions, it's a podcast that loves choices. Um, I do really love Shine a Lights, which, again, I feel like is like the epitome of that. Um, kumbaya spirits of the fucking <laughs> uh, and, I, and I do like the Pauline going into my name's Pauline I live alone it's like the fucking Super, <laughs> super Bowl shuffle style <laughs> song it's very funny um there's a lot of sad songs i feel like in the second act yeah like lifeboats which is like heaven yeah
1: i love that song lovely song I, i it's one of those songs that like when you hear it first you're like well i don't know and then you hear it and it it like it gives depth to a character who's constantly like like she's the dumb one she's she's the character exactly yes. um, and and <laughs> unfortunate reference um but she she that song just i don't know it, it adds a whole other layer to that character that i think really like she's i mean she's obviously a part of the group of girls who bullies people yeah but it gives me something more to her and it it makes that character super nuanced and i just it's i i want people to sing that song at auditions too
0: Anyway, Uh, no, it's a good song. A Lifeboat's great. Um, You get this like reprise of Shine Lights when Heather Duke's trying to kill herself, which is like, it's like 30 seconds, but it's still good. Um, Then we get another song that was added for the West End production, which again, like, it didn't have to be. It's called I Say No it's uh it's essentially just Veronica breaking up with JD via song again it it is the literal this meeting could have been an email of a song <laughs> <laughs> yeah like it's just like y- like you did not have to like this could have been summed up in a book scene like this did not have to be turned into a like I guess it's you're giving, like, another musical moments for Veronica in the middle of Act 2. Where she's but she's cat- had
1: so much, know. I know. I like, know. <laughs> and like you said, I don't think that there's as much sympathy towards that character because, like, you don't see as much of an arc in, yeah. uh, in the film. And it really, it also felt like it wasn't meant for this musical like i felt sure. it feels completely <laughs> out of the show
0: like the one they had in the trunk and they I mean, like it,
1: oh, it, i it, just wanted in there so bad
0: it definitely feels like a song written for a second production of a show
1: yeah, like
0: it like it feels like if you listen to uh, Forever, the, the the dragon song that they added for the dragon in Shrek, the musical that feels like, a oh, yeah, this is a song that we had to write uh, when we had to add a new song to the show. Um, not, and it's not not always a bad thing. It's just like it, it definitely doesn't sound as a piece with the rest of your uh, score.
2: And in my whole thing, it's like you're taking, once again, you're taking a 90 minute movie and it's already going to be over two hours because it's a musical. And now you're adding another like seven minutes to that. Like, come on.
0: A song that I do like, though, is yeah. uh, (laughs) Uh, Kindergarten Boyfriends uh, with Martha sings. Lovely song. Lovely sad song, which again, like it's It's like. Darkly funny Mm -hmm. and like like humorously tragic in sort of this like fantasy of dating this guy when you were in kindergarten and then like carrying that with you to the grave so you think
1: I can relate to her on that level let's just say yeah (laughs)
0: for sure
1: you know i i I realized it uh, uh, a little earlier than her that that was not a realistic thing that happened in my life um but that i just love that song and
0: uh, yeah it's also just like a nice song in it in itself uh,
1: um in the chicago production
0: teresa lagama yeah teresa lagama yeah Oh.
1: oh What? Oh, that's wonderful! And she did, yeah. Just hit it out of the park, and I think I was like sobbing by the end of that song because its yeah,
0: of course, yeah. She fucking nailed it. Good. And uh, Veronica Gaza, of course, played Pauline Mm -hmm. Fleming, and that was a a, a naturally hilarious "Shine a Light," (laughs) Um, like like she is wont to do. Um, Yo girl, which is yeah, we sort of said the ominous. Like here's the backup. Here are the backup singers threatening you, Veronica. Um, and then that sort of immediately dovetails right into meant to be yours, which is like JD singing the plan of what they're going to, again, it's sort of another story song uh, while also being a thematic, like, I love you so much, Veronica. Um, also, I think that song's a banger. I think it's a mm-hmm. nice, it's a real, got a real nice beat to it. Um and then we get pretty much, like, I feel like a lot of these, like, final song three, they're, either like, reprises, like, actually, mm. like, they're, like, you got, like, a dead girl walking reprise, you end the show with a 17 reprise, or you have something like I Am Damaged, which takes music and just, like, puts new lyrics into it. Like, I feel like a lot of the music in I Am Damaged is just, like, it's 17, uh, but just with a new lyrical function. And even Our, our, our Love is God is, like, in yeah. that, a minute exactly it's
1: it's smart but it doesn't feel recycled like yeah I just, no no that's, it's good because sometimes when that happens you're like oh you just were lazy you didn't want to do this
2: <laughs> no it's like it, betrayed and producers it's like yeah, it <laughs> yes.
0: there you yeah. go but it's good yeah and then the show essentially like ends the same way um and again like there's it's again like it's sort of a more a more hopeful message from the film where it's like, you know, it's, it's obviously cause it's a musical. You have like more characters singing this like message of like, we can be beautiful again. And we can like, uh, if we, if we, if we change back then we can change again as Veronica's want to sing in the opening number. <laughs> um, just because you're mean doesn't mean you can't be mean again. You can become nice again um, is the message of this show. Um, I think it's a nicer message than the film. I think the film obviously, like, ends on a nice note, but I would I would say that the film still has a pretty dark thesis statement to it that maybe isn't completely carried over to the stage adaptation, which, honestly, I think is fine. I think mm-hmm. Heather's, like, Heather's the musical does, for me, sit in this weird zone where it is both, like, it is both able to be its own separate thing, but I think is also still tied to its predecessor i think it is still like heathers the musical is a musical that is based on this very famous cult classic called heathers it's not like again like using just like previous examples from the season it's not like a little night music is a musical that you might not have known was actually based on an ingmar bergman film it's like no if you know heathers the musical you likely know that it is based on the film um, mm-hmm. But it is still able to be distinct in wh- what it's saying and how it's saying it, and how it is interpreting this story and these characters, which is good. And good. I think you, yeah. You don't have to have seen the movie,
2: no. unlike *Legally Blonde* or *Mean Girls*, which just parts of will not mean anything to you.
0: No. This is a, yeah. This is definitely a musical that stands on its own, uh, if only enhanced by seeing the original mm-hmm.
1: film. They. They were very I mean, I spoke a little bit about this earlier, but they were very conscious of the generation they were writing for yeah. when they wrote this because it's also like we can't talk about suicide like we used to talk about suicide. So how do like like it's it's a really heavy topic. Yeah. And so how do you navigate that and then make it a different story for the end of it? Like, I I that is something I like hugely wanna applaud them on because it's it's you're taking material that is like like the film again like we keep saying it, it works because it's, in, it's stuck in the 80s it is stuck in it's time period but then when you're adapting it for a 2014 audience you have to be conscious of what you're writing into the current world and they were very aware of that and it's tough but like they freaking did it so like why can't musicals that are from movies be better like Heather's did it <laughs>
0: <laughs> um, I want to read, there's a little, there's a little, like, interview with Larry O'Keefe, uh, at the end of, uh, at the end of the script, uh, that they included in the script, um, where Larry O'Keefe is sort of like, it's him... Uh, giving this, like, I think maybe it's, like, an interview or just, like, uh, something for this script where he's talking about, like, oh, his sort of, like, internal battle with whether they could have... T- whether they could turn this into a musical. He's like, you know, we have a hard choice. We either stay true to the dark heart of the movie and risk alienating Broadway audiences. (laughs) Ha ha, never got there yet. Uh, Or soften the edges for theatergoers' tastes and dilute the honesty that made the film iconic in the first place. Um, Which, yeah, and I think this... I mean, I would argue the, the the musical kind of is able to have its cake and eat it, too. Um, sort of, uh, apparently in, he was having a conversation with, like, Kevin Murphy and Andy Flickman about this, and they were like, But Larry, your musical, Batboy, ends with a stage littered with bodies, which is played for laughs, and audiences still find it moving. Um... Avenue Q and Town are hilarious and yet stay honest with, and deal with real darkness. We think a musical Heathers can be less flippant about violence than the film and still hit hard. It's the story of a teenage girl trapped in an abusive pressure cooker environment who longs for a better world, but makes destructive mistakes until she learns to separate justice from revenge. That can sing. Hmm. And it does sing. Yeah.
1: Um,
0: so yeah, I think it's still... There's still the edge of the thing while also, yeah, removing sort of the stuff about school violence that just, yeah, just would not fly, just cannot exist in the world that we live in today, unfortunately.
1: yeah. yeah. Heather,
0: Heathers, a good Heathers. movie and a good musical. <laughs> Who would have thunk it? Who knew? Who knew? What is your damage? Nothing. You're a good show. Um. <laughs> now... <laughs> As we conclude yet another episode of movie, the musical Catherine Miller, as always, we have to uh, end our episode by asking you uh, what is in my estimation, a very important question. So Catherine Miller, if you could adapt a movie into a musical that has not previously been adapted, what movie would you choose?
1: Cats don't dance.
0: Great. Elaborates. Oh.
1: Elaborates. Okay. So that film is already a brilliant cinematic contribution to the history of animation. Yep. First of all, um, those characters are like fully fleshed out animals who, you know, they, they just, this cat just wants to dance and he, and he longs to be a part of, of, of the the whole so to speak Noah's Ark of animals that are in <laughs> Hollywood at the time yes and he he's got a drive he's he's a very likable but also like complex character because he's a little too eager and I also feel like that's for a lot of us artists that's how we feel when we're young as we're so eager to do so much but there's that and then there's also like this side of oh god what's her name
0: Dala Dimple
1: Darla Dimple, one of, again, a great contribution to animated history, but also one of the greatest villains of all time.
0: Big and loud, because yeah.
1: Big, and they've already got those songs.
0: Randy so Newman like, songs, yeah.
1: Randy, and Randy Newman, let's just, that man is a great writer, he is a great, he's also like written musicals that haven't seen the light of day, which is super unfortunate, like Faustus, yeah. um, Deep Cuts right now. Um, we love, it we just, love
0: Randy Newman's Faust,
1: great show. Yeah. But we just, I just want a Randy Newman musical. Yeah. Like, I want, like, I want a big, and it's, that also show is, it A, commercially would be highly successful because of how, like, beautiful and, and frilly it is, but I think also would just be a really fun, interesting show to put on a stage.
0: So, first of all, great answer. Really, really good art. I, I, I love Cats Don't Dance. I think it is a fantastic film. Uh, Mark Dindle is the director who would go on to direct uh, The Emperor's New Groove. Uh, oh. And, of course, uh, Disney's Chicken Little. What if there was a little chicken? Uh, voiced by Zach Braff. <laughs> yes, voiced by, voice by <laughs> what the... What if Zach Braff was a chicken? What if Zach Braff was a chicken? Uh, but no, but yes, uh, Cats Don't Dance, great film. Um, really lovely film about uh the early racism and segregation of classic hollywood using Mm -hmm. animals um Mm -hmm. just uh, just and yeah the randy newman songs absolutely slap um the choreography in the film i believe gene kelly was sort of uh supervisor
1: uh
0: on the choreography for the film
1: like, it's just, it's got the appeal of, like, a classic, like, like musical theater from the golden age type of show. Yeah. But it also has the appeal of, like, having a really tough conversation and, like... Yeah. Yeah. That's some real a, shit. Yeah. I had a second choice, which is also an animated film. Yes. Let's go for it. Throw it out there. We're back.
2: Oh, Yeah. <laughs>
0: John Pat- dino talk John, dino
2: talk today. John
0: Patrick Shanley's. We're Back what? A Dinosaur Story <laughs> Brand Moorhead How can you not know the most important fact in the world that We're Back A Dinosaur Story <laughs> is written by Pulitzer Prize winner John Patrick Shanley. I don't know how I missed that one The movie but that has ain't. four directors
2: Oh man but like, Exactly as many dinosaurs as are in the film <laughs> I think They're it's four, full, or, four
1: um, or five yes they're both kind of similar stories and the fact that like like we're talking about what we fear and what we don't know for
0: sure just like Um, doubt
1: just like doubt i have
0: i have so much dinosaurs
1: oh no um but it's it's a fun it's a really fun i also just want to see dinosaurs on stage like it's it's partially selfish hey
0: go see walking with dinosaurs
1: <laughs> you'll see some dinosaurs on stage but no i want to see them singing and dancing too like come on no this
0: is-, is true listen roll back the rock till the dawn of time <laughs> sing this song with me <laughs> we gotta you gotta Oh, great choices. Uh, I'm especially excited about this, uh, mythical, uh, <laughs> Catstone so dance production that will happen in our, uh, alternate universe of special guests, uh, movie to stage adaptations. We're yeah. building, we're building a whole catalog. We're building a whole repertoire of, uh, content, Uh, and I, we love to see it. Uh, Catherine Miller, thank you so much for joining us for this wonderful episode. Uh, is it- this is coming out like late April. Uh, is okay. there anything, uh, that you'd like to plug for our friends at home?
1: Um, I mean, I have an episode of, I was interviewed on Chicago Artist Circle in, uh, late March. Um, I, where I talk about my work. Uh, but other than that, uh, you know, I don't know what the future holds for me. <laughs> <laughs> Cause I don't think anyone
0: knows. Um, <laughs>
1: pretty bleak but you know i'm happy to be in a room with with ben and brand so that's all i can ask for right now
0: well i'm i'm thrilled about it this is probably a
1: room in a, the, room, yeah, in a, in a uh, zoom. zoom room um
0: well thank you again as always <laughs> uh, as always thank you brand Moorhead, for producing and editing this show i want to thank you for listening whoever you are listening to this thing. Uh, I want to thank Emily Harrington for our artwork. I want to thank M. Modaf and Josh Stanley for our kick-ass theme song. If you like the show, be sure to rate us, review us, subscribe for future episodes. Follow us on Instagram and Twitter at movie, the musical. If you want to support the podcast and get some sweet bonus content, you can go to patreon.com slash movie, the musical and consider becoming a monthly member. Not only will you support this wholly independent venture, you will also get access to our bonus podcast movie, the musical a movie where we talk about movie musicals. You will be able to listen to our West side story episode and our sound of music episode. And we will by the time this comes out uh next week we will have a sweeney todd episode about the tim burton film um that's our schedule it's a wild time um (laughs) that's what we're talking about it's uh kind of bonkers um keep on singing and kindly fuck me with a chainsaw (laughs)